Welcome to Wisco Dice! Ah. Welcome to Wisco. Hey, yo, folks, it is the Conzi with the most. It is October 4th, 2014. This is episode, I think, 57. And I have been joined by my wonderful co-host, the great and illustrious... Stark Raving Mad, Brian, or Disturbed Mach 1, whatever you want to call me, something like that. And you'll have to forgive us a little bit for our kind of extra perky and interesting uh, personalities today because it's early in the morning on a Saturday, way too early for people to be awake. Been tired all week and (laughs) what am I doing up this early? Yeah, well, (laughs) Conzie has to apologize for that because he's going to a beer fest in just a few hours to drink himself into a... Stupor, which I don't necessarily recommend to folks, but every once in a while, if you're an adult and you're over 21, it's very good, very good practice to get into and in training for Warhammer tournaments. <laughs> so, what do we intend to cover today, Brian? Uh, we mentioned it on our last show. It kind of ties in with it, also. But we had a big undead versus the world mega battle. We're gonna recap all the ins and outs of that today. Yeah, we're the see if we can talk about the mighty power of Nagash versus the dreaded forces of the living. Yep, all those or sad sacks. The soon to be living. dead, as we <laughs> we kind of called it. <laughs> yeah, it was a that was a lot of fun. So it'll be great talking about that. Um, what is uh, going on hobby wise, Brian? Have you been actually doing any additional work since the? Since the uh, game, or since the last time we talked, to, you uh, know, since the last time we talked a little bit, um, I feel like this week I've I don't know I've been like super tired all week, so I haven't gotten much done, let alone any of my homework done. So not much done this week. I did pull out my ghouls; uh, those are actually on my table now. So I was gonna work on painting those again. I only have like ten to finish out that unit out of thirty I've been using now. So. Hopefully I'll get those done real quick, and I want to get some stuff sprayed so I can start painting some zombies over the winter here, or something like that. Sure. So, and unfortunately, I had started like five of them a bit ago. They're actually the ones I started at the store, and I didn't have my light there. And I think I might have mentioned before I kind of over highlighted them too much, and then I tried to like dull that down, but it didn't work out very good. They still stand out too much to me, so I was just gonna start all over on those guys. Unfortunately, but. Otherwise, I'm still working on my other conversion project a little bit. I feel like I slowed down on that a bit, but I think that's just because I haven't had much time this week. But that's all still in the works. So that's good. It's you know I I know as soon as you hit school, it's always the busy time. But yeah, you're closing so close to finishing that unit of ghouls. It's got to be kind <laughs> of like that's got to yeah. be you know I always know I usually get close. So like you get started on a unit and then you hit like midway and it's like oh I'm painting guy <laughs> number twenty of forty. This is kind of boring, but once you get to like the point where you can see the end of the rainbow, you know, you're like, oh, I can see it. I've got it. It's, it's tangible. Now mm-hmm. I just want to get it done. So hopefully I'm excited to see your first full real <laughs> unit painted based on the table. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, they're all on the painting table now. So yeah, that's about as close as I can get until they're done. So I'm excited to get some paint on them. Okay, so uh, we didn't really t- we haven't really talked about this tournament uh, much on the show. It's kind of snuck up on me, really. But it's uh, Screw City GT, which is uh, an interesting tournament in Rockford, Illinois. It's run by Alex Gonzalez, who's the organizer for uh, one of the or- key organizers for the fantasy side at Adepticon, and he 
puts on this, I think his third year for Screw City GT. Just kind Sounds of, this right. is the tournament that he would like to run, where Adepticon is more the tournament. He's kind of, he kind of has to run it a certain way because of the size and, and number of people and stuff. And so, Screw City GT, it's a 3,000 points, uh, no grand army. And this year, he's got this theme of monsters. So, um, you can take, uh, as a rare slot, um, you can take a Storm of Magic bound monster instead of, uh, instead of your normal rares. If it's not a monster, you could already take in your army book. So, if you wanted to take, say, a Storm of Magic, uh, Arachnorok, you couldn't take a other Storm of Magic. Or you couldn't take a, a normal Arachnorok if you could take another version of a, an Arachnorok. Oh, really? Uh, in your army. Which <laughs> makes me question something, but okay. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I ended up playing around, and I, and I, and I knew at... Uh, going into Gen Con and being able to buy stuff from Forge World at Gen Con, I was going to buy a, a, at least one monster that I was going to include in this army. And I knew I was going to buy the Carmine Dragon because that model was freaking awesome. <laughs> so I've been flitting around with maybe I was going to do dwarves and then I was going to do, and then I'm like, the dwarves, there's just not enough target saturation. Yeah, I could fire my cannons, but if I don't get first turn, my, my Carmine's going to get direct, shot off the table and I'm going to be like sad because it's a really cool model. <laughs> it's going to go and, the way of the felt beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, uh, I mean, it shouldn't in five games. I mean, I shouldn't get cannoned off in five games in a row, but I wanted to be able to Make your odds a little more likely. <laughs> so then I, so then I started playing the, you know, the the Nagash stuff came out and the, and he came out and he said Undead Legion would be legal. You'd have to keep the twenty five percent lords and heroes uh, restrictions though. And I'm like, okay. So I started working with my Camry, and then it worked out to I have to paint up like a pile more skeletons or zombies or something. I'm like, uh, no, that's not worth it. <laughs> so I settled on doing my dark elves. I put in a. A dark elf list that has three dragons, three hydras, and a dude on Pegasus. How do you get three dragons? Is there two lords on dragons? And then so so I have a I have a normal lord on dragon, uh-huh. a storm of magic carmine dragon, or a, a monsters arcanum's carmine dragon, and then uh, in the storm of magic book you can take your the normal dragons, the black dragon, gre- sure. uh, the forest dragon, the uh, high Elf Dragon variants. You can all take all of those from Storm of Magic. I see. So I took a Storm of Magic Dragon as well. Um, so I have all three of those variants <laughs> of Dragon, plus the three variants, or th- plus three Hydras, plus a Dude on Pegasus. So it's just monster, super fast. Uh, monster Mesh. Yeah. What else do you have in your list? Some Chariots and some... Uh, I have uh, 25, or, I think 25 Corsairs, a level 4 Lore of Life, 20 repeater crossbow elves and not much else yeah i have the core and then some dragons some dark riders <laughs> i know there's some dark riders in there yeah to help, you know good. some speed to get in the way and some shots i think i might even have a, a reaper crossbow oh and i got two ten, uh two two five or six packs of shades i think sure so it's going to be really fast. It's going to be very avoidance orientated. Avoidance uh, and annoyance. Avoidance, pick my battle, and smash. <laughs> so hopefully that works out well. 
Um, I, I I think it's capable of winning some games, but since this is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what people bring for lists. Mm -hmm. I'm really bought into the super monster heavy. Like if there's things that require fortitude or standard breakpoint <laughs> stuff, this list is just going to get smashed. Cause... I hope if it's monster oriented, that would kind of not be your force choice i guess yeah <laughs> I, I hope i hope that the monsters are then somehow allowed to generate fortitude and that kind of thing um but i don't know the scenarios aren't out so you don't know exactly how that's gonna go yeah so but that but does mean mm. hobby wise a whole story about talking about screw city gt is to lead <laughs> me up to talking about what i've been doing hobby wise so uh hobby nice is the last night i i'm like good realized going into this weekend i'm like oh crud i've got to paint like two dragons if I, <laughs> I i had slotted i need to paint two dragons the carmine obviously and then i have uh two dragons painted right now uh, but i really don't want to include actually i'm like i went into last night i have three dragons i want to paint uh but i don't have the uh I have this really old Dark Elf Dragon that's mm -hmm. kind of the in-between from the really old metal one that was the Beast Lord Rackarth, and the current plastic one. There's a plastic one in-between kind of based off that Arsenal plastic dragon. I have that one. It's all done. It's painted. It's based. It, it looks okay, but it's... You've had that one for a long it's, time. Yeah, it's, and it's beat up. And so I'd like to use the new plastic, the current new plastic Dark Elf Dragon as one of my dragons. And then I have this old, the old, old, old metal Beast Lord Rakarth Dragon, and I ordered some wings. And uh, I have the wings that came with it, and they're intact, and they're pretty good shape. But I ordered some wings for some Tyranid stuff to change the wings, ah. the wings a little bit on it, just to add <laughs> a very simple looking conversion change to it but the wings aren't here yet and then i ordered them before the i realized that screw city is like next weekend so i'm i'm in a little bit of a pinch in the dragons i really need to get two done now the bonus is we had lo the local guys here we got together last night and we did google hangouts paint chat uh, so it was eric uh, who's been on the show davy who's been on the show and right. myself we all just kind of about nine o'clock we, we fired up a google hangout and we just sat there and painted and we painted for about two, two and a half hours. It's about 11, 30, 12 o'clock when we wrapped. How's the hangout work? Is that like a video thing or is it just like an audio chat? Or... Uh, Davey ended up joining it by audio. He couldn't okay. get his video to work, but me and Eric had a video chat going. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, it's a web chat, so it's the video is kind of grainy. I mean, yeah, you're limited by what you have upstream out. and the bad laptop cameras you might have or whatever you're using <laughs> for a webcam. Uh, but... Uh, it was great just being able to... It wasn't as good as like being able to sit in the store like a Pegasus when we've done our hobby paint days mm -hmm. and sit there and paint. But it was uh, really good for being able to just sit down, focus on hobby, and chat and have something... Talking about what you're doing, talking about Warhammer stuff, just talking nerd, and... Being able to just really super hyper focus. So I started out. I was airbrushing the Carmine Dragon. I had base coated it black previously, and there's something about airbrushing red over black undercoat that it's so easy to do. You just kind of feather that airbrush yeah, paint over the top of that red. Yeah, like people talk about reds <laughs> being hard. You air, you just feather that airbrush red over the top of black black undercoat, and then you just. Uh, a couple of brush-on highlights here and there, and it pops. It really looks impressive, and I'm really super stoked. Like the, My Carmine is 
awesome looking right now. It's nearly finished. I was going to say that's one dragon done already. Yeah, so that was, <laughs> you know, I two and a half hours knocked out a whole dragon. And so I'm looking forward to, like, that That definitely put it very makeable as a goal to complete these other two dragons, especially since the third dragon will be getting completed probably on a weeknight <laughs> this coming Whenever week. Whenever the wings show up. When the wings show up, yeah. But I bet the airbrush is a huge tool for you getting that stuff done. Uh, big models, it's just so easy to do. You do have to have kind of an, a plan and know how to do it. Like, I'm, I'm not sure how to do, like, the... I want to do the Black Dragon for the big Dark Elf Dragon. I want to do that as a Black Dragon. And I, I don't necessarily have the... Uh, I'm going to do like a purples or, or blues, and I'm not sure how to get the undercoat to work best with the with the layered color I'm going to do over the mm. top of it with the airbrush, the feathered color. And I'm not skilled enough quite yet to to know so anything. So, so there will be some playing around with that. I definitely hit the dragon once with an airbrush already and I'm just not happy with it at all. <laughs> so it'll be back to the drawing board, see if I can figure out something different and go from there. So... Uh, that's definitely what I've been working on hobby-wise for the most part. I, I've put together a few extra demons, but I haven't really, uh, I haven't even brought them to the table lately. So I did have to put together a bunch of Black Knights though for and vampires for yep. the Undead versus the World too, which got me like we'll super psyched, what psyched about <laughs> night buses and all. <laughs> Main, 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 main topic. <laughs> okay, so what is this main topic about, buddy? I mentioned it earlier. It's about our undead versus the world mega battle. Undead versus the world in this corner, weighing in at probably twenty-five pounds. It is the skeleton champion of the world. <laughs> I wonder how much a skeleton really does weigh. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea either. <laughs> somebody, somebody that has some. Doctor medical exper- expertise. Email us at hosts at wiscodice.com and tell us, uh, or we could have just googled like it Google, and looked yeah. it on Wiki. Yeah. Anyway, back to our huge battle. All right. So, what was it? Uh, well, it just happened last weekend. In between our last two recordings, this one and the one before, uh, down at Pegasus Games, we came out uh, Saturday, set up a really big table, and we had about six of us there. I guess playing a huge mega battle. Yep, uh, 2,500 points per player, mm-hmm. plus the undead side got Nagash. So that was kind of interesting. It was the first time I think I've ever run a mega battle where one side had like a big more points than the other side. One of the problems with, un- with mega battles like this is trying to tally up victory points just isn't necessarily an accurate depiction of how the game went. Nah, usually objectives or something so, like yeah, that a, a, a better purpose <laughs> exactly objectives seem to work better and so we so i was like okay well i'll give objective points to the soon to be dead in deep in their deployment zone let them play ultra defensive mm-hmm. and that would be the advantage so if they wanted to bring a lot of shooting a lot of defensive stuff a lot of stubborn a lot of unbreakable to kind of try to help defend that uh, that they would be able to do that, and that would be their advantage to make up for the extra thousand points of Nagash that we would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you think? Uh, let's talk about uh, from the undead team. Then we had myself, you, and Dustin mm-hmm. all playing Team Undead, and 
we line that up with myself, the Tomb Kings, Night Bo- Vampire, Vampire Bl- uh, Blender Lord, Night Boss, on basically our right flank. Yeah, you had an Undead Legion, but it was kind of heavily Tomb Kings with the uh, yeah. Night Boss in there. So a couple of couple of marching <clears throat> War Sphinxes, which were kind of nice to kind of flank that that Night Boss, and then that Night Boss kind of streaming down the center, and a big Chariot Boss kind of there for. Uh, Absorbing core points. <laughs> not, not really there for its effectiveness. Uh, Although it did survive the entire game, it was at full strength at the end. Dustin was kind of in the center. He had an Undead Legion force as well, yep. uh, but more leaning was, towards VC. Yeah, pretty much his vampire counts converted into Undead Legion, so he just had a couple extra things in it. Yeah. I know he had a Casket of Souls, and then he also had a... A war at least one lich priest and then yeah he had two lists he was toying with i think they're both undead legion but one had his big beast he has like that whatever thing from monstrous arcanum or yeah. whatever thing it was the big corpse monster yeah. thing i don't remember what it's called but he's either gonna play it as that or the as a neck uh not a necro sphinx, a war sphinx but I think yeah it. the war sphinx and then he had a another thing that was either a vargul for a hero titan so at last minute he decided to do the undead legion one in that just had the war sphinx and the hero titan sure switching it and then you took up our left flank yep i took up straight vc uh yeah. it was kind of my usual list pretty much but i swapped in monfred as my lord just the regular monfred it was still just a straight vc list and that was pretty much it, it was just my ghoul's graveguard my santa's sleigh terrorgeist and then a few units of dogs and one unit of skeletons i had to put in to fill out the core choice sure and this was going to be one of the things the start of this game. Brian was like super excited. <laughs> was a lot of trash talking. There was a lot of trash talking. As we'll find out, <laughs> it was against talking, our own team. <laughs> yeah, in our inside our own team, Manfred was definitely he took out. It was awesome because even if you're reading and you haven't read the the, no, the book, so I know like, the gist from everything. But I've been. Manfred, you know, you were talking it up with like Manfred probably would have been talking it up to like his inner monologue and his plotting <laughs> he would have been like yeah i'm gonna do all we all this. know monfred's best so i was just trying to make sure everybody else knew that also <laughs> it, there was no confusion there and that nagash was nothing it's monfred <laughs> <laughs> that was it was so kind of appropriate to the game too so it really helped set the stage and set the feel and uh the one thing we had though i think that uh, since uh, we only had three players instead of four show up per side, yep. we ended up with a 16-foot table. And when, right away at the beginning, we were going to keep four-foot deployment zones. And right away at the beginning, I'm like, okay, well, since we have all this extra table and it looks kind of cool and it's set up with like a city on, or like a town on one end of the board and wilderness on the other end of the board, and the whole so the whole the whole board was kind of laid out to kind of try to tell a story, and before we even put models on it. And then you had, uh, so we were like, okay, let's use the whole board. Let's not use the last six inches and everybody have a five-foot deployment zone. Yep. And one of the things that this led to kind of a problem for us is that there was basically a foot, foot and a half between uh, of a hole between where our, Dustin's army stopped and <laughs> your army began, which kind of led a natural place where they could drive a wedge now, I don't think they took advantage of this as well as they could have. Uh, I think but... they were, but I think they were foiled <laughs> if we get into the battle later. But yeah, that was pretty noticeable right after our deployment. Like, I think it kind of, like, I don't know. I think I kind of botched my deployment a little bit. We kind of played reactive to their deployment, too. Like, they actually deployed first, and then we, like, kind of countered their spot with one of our armies each time. 
and then yeah you guys both set up first i was the last to set up and yeah there ended up being that big gap because i think your army might have been the biggest out of all of them but i know dustin's was probably one of the smaller ones and then mine was pretty average i guess i think mine was the <clears throat> mine was not biggest due well, to model count it could mine be more was spread biggest out to, I yeah i had i had so much speed i built in I, I kind of thought about the scenario, like I wrote the scenario, I'm like, okay, so <laughs> I thought about the scenario, and I'm like, I have to make my army fast. It was an inside job. I need to try to get across to get to the get to the objectives, and once I get there and I can claim them, then we could use Nagash or, mm-hmm. or some other, uh, I was hoping we'd have another un- undead le- or uh, another Lore of Undeath caster in the force, um, be able to use that to raise banners so we could claim the objective points. Yep. But as it turned out, the only undead legions caster we had was Nagash, and we only gave him two uh, un- lore of undeath yeah, spells. We only I, gave him two uh, <laughs> lore of undeath spells. And well, he already he knows rays, and then yeah, we rolled for two more. Like Dustin and I were trying to figure out spells. Like he has so many choices because he can choose from vampires, undeath, death, and then light even. So he can roll for eight of them because he automatically knows rise and he knows nine spells and it was just kind of overwhelming trying to choose something so it's like we finally we kind of paged through all the spells it's like well we'd like them to have these ones or whatever but then that ended up just i mean there was like some from every lore that we kind of wanted him to have so we just kind of rounded out how about we roll two from each and our undust spells we rolled were really crappy <laughs> like we actually picked like we probably don't need these ones at all and those are the two we ended up getting it was like the one to raise swarms or um and then though i think he had the hand of dust <laughs> well i think we did use the the swarm you, raising though yeah we, did we used get that like one a, benefit a there was a huge spear spirit host but yep, on the his main his main tool was raising huge hordes of zombies and graveguard yeah. all the infantry from the rise spell but and then i don't even know you guys were controlling the gash most of the time dustin was controlling him most of the time because he kind of deployed in between you guys over there and i'm not sure if you guys even used much for well, the other spells I mean, at all <laughs> I, I feel like i feel like manfred made it pretty confident that he didn't that, want anything to that do he with didn't want gash. anything to do with the gash so <laughs> he, no he, i was that wasn't he, a complaint it was just he, an observation. he said he had it on his own he's like i got this boys <laughs> i got this <laughs> yeah because we also had i had an extra list prepared in case like four people showed up for the, the living, living side, side or one yeah. or the other we weren't really some people seemed interested but we only had the few confirmations so just in case somebody else showed up so i did have another undead list prepared that would have had a uh lore of undeath caster but i opted to play my vampire counts and that and being that i had that other list to play along with mine i didn't have any crossover in it either so sure so you were the only purest army in the in the uh team undead so manfred <laughs> so to the, the the team soon to be dead. Smack in the center, we had a, a strong empire force that led by uh, the captain of the living side, which was mm-hmm. Nick's empire, and uh, his force. He had like a big halberd block, giant. He had a knight horde. What didn't he? he had like thirty knights. I don't think it was quite ten wide. I think it was probably eight wide. I don't think it was ten wide. Maybe it wasn't quite a horde, but yeah, it was just this huge, massive, but normal. It was three ranks of them. Yeah. The first and two other ranks, I guess. Yeah. Three ranks total. We and... didn't have tools to <laughs> kill that very effectively. That's for certain. And then he had uh, like a small pack of demigriffs, two cannons, a hellblaster. Yeah, I think it was four demigriffs. Yeah, two cannons, hellblaster. Uh, he had a war altar and the. Um, I th- did he have the hurricaneum too? He probably. 
I'm trying to remember now. I don't know. I have to look at the pictures. I know he had the war altar, but then he used, he had his usual level four and an archer bunker. Yep. And hanging out. BSB and, and various, BSB, yeah. various other warrior priests. It's pretty much your kind of standardish empire style yeah. list. I mean, he, he like had those bigger units in there for the big battle we had, but he's always a pretty tough player and it definitely plays how empire plays. Yeah. He didn't bring a steam tank, but yeah, you know, most, of the other, took out. most of the other, most of the other, he had most of the other stuff that you would see in an empire list the night mm-hmm. bus was kind of interesting there the 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 eight pat the eight wide night bus yeah was it was kind of huge interesting. <laughs> just being that much one-up armor save in a unit that was going to be really tough for us to deal with and yeah maybe that's why he selected it but it was a little bit different too because he had these really mobile elements and then they parked him in the center of the force and i thought that was a mistake on their part yeah in the end it definitely was maybe a list like that in gen well i guess i mean we you, Dustin, and I, we all talked <laughs> kind of ahead of time and tried to plan out where our armies would go and how they'd tie in together. It seemed like they were a little more impromptu on the morning of. Yeah. And, yeah, Nick was the first one to deploy, and he ended up going in the center. And probably the big thing that skewed that was there was that brew house yeah. on their side of the table they I got think, really excited th- about. Yeah. I think and that, that put the dwarfs on yeah. the end. Yeah, that really shifted the decision making. I think there, like, uh-huh. the dwarves like, oh, dwarven brewhouse, we're gonna stay, we're gonna go on that zone. What? No, no, to center? No, 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 no. We got the, we're we're unbreakable over there. We'll just stay over there. And then that that was, I think, a mistake because then the dwarves were so slow. And I kind of I kind of heard Kenny complaining a little bit later in the game. He's like, I I just couldn't move out. I got pinned between these buildings. I couldn't move out. Well, yeah, he was down in yeah the village kind of yeah. town part of it. Yeah, but so it was mostly worth, buildings. Yeah, and you didn't go anywhere near that brew house really, so it took, no. that was like no advantage for that. And he was too slow and kind of where you were going, he got wet. He was too wedged, so he couldn't. He just stacked units and he couldn't get through. Uh-huh. And I think that's you know two problems there. You know, one he was playing dwarfs, um, so you're slow, and two. Um, if he would have put in the center, he'd have been in the thick of action the whole game. And I think the experience would have been different for him versus you know, Nick, who would have been had all his speed um, up that flank, to be able yep. to turn that flank, especially but, with the wider board. I think they all kind of, like, the te- the living team, I think they kind of had a weird play where they didn't play defensive, though. <laughs> like, well, uh, uh, you were just talking about Kenny, he kind of did, but it wasn't, like, in his plan, like, you had to be within three inches of these markers. I think everybody had like four markers in each of their zones or so. Something like that. Something it was like every eighteen ish inches is I think where I dropped one. Yeah. So like he started out near them all, but then he kinda walked up away from them. And then even at the end of the game he was trying to actually go back to them. But <laughs> Again again the dwarven slowness kinda yeah. kinda bit him. But, but then, I think he could have just sat on him, and he would have had like all the markers because I didn't come near him. Yep. <laughs> and then, and then Evan was on the other flank yep. of Nick, on uh, which was opposite ogres. of me playing ogres. Now Evan had no cannons in his list. Nope. He did have a big block at like eight pack of lead belchers, smaller pack of iron guts, and a smaller pack of normal ogres, like eight with some character with. You know, with characters in each of those, I don't think he had Mornfang either. No Mornfang. He had a big. He had a fairly large unit of man eaters. I guess it was at least four or something. Yeah, I don't remember. Four, sick. No, eight. I think he had. It was even eight. Yeah, I thought it was pretty big. It was a big block of man eaters, and then he and then he had uh, the Stonehorn. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
So he was bringing kind of a variant of his Screw City list, uh, mm. which, again, so right away we kind of commented, I designed this battle so that the team alive <laughs> would have... six cannons or something. Would have... De- would, well, they'd have the defensive <laughs> position. I wouldn't necessarily expect them to have a lot of cannons. Their reasons for not bringing the cannons was they wanted to see what Nagash could do. Honestly, that was part of playing this game. They wanted to see what he could do. And... You know, that that was really cool. That, that helped lead to the fluff and the story of the game. But n- none of their armies were really set to also play the defensive game Yeah, um, from a build perspective. Yeah, I'm not sure why they did that. But yeah, none of them were definitely built for straight-up defense. That's for sure. And then, like I said, I think if you swapped... If you swapped... So, I mean, I think there were some big mistakes. And then if you swapped, like, a, a Kenny's deployment with... Uh, the Empire's deployment with Nick's deployment, mm-hmm. I think that too weighs in because Nick would have had the speed to turn that corner and really start pressing you on your flanks uh, where instead of uh, trying to fight this defensive battle in the center, yep. which is ultimately what he ended up trying to play with a bunch of cavalry. <laughs> so we kind of talked through all the deployment. You did mention we kind of had an overall team plan. Yep. So we did definitely kind of talk about, share our lists, talk about uh, what we were going to do via... We started talking about it on the like forum, right there in the thread. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you know, I got all you guys' email addresses. Why don't we take this to email? You know, So Team Undead took it to email, and we, we shared our lists. So we had an idea what everybody was going to take. I think Dustin's was the only one that we really weren't... I think you were pretty sure you were going to take the Manfred list. That was what you were going to play. Yeah, I wanted in. to play him originally, and then the points didn't work out. I wanted to put him on a Abyssal Terror for fun, <laughs> but I didn't even have the model for that anyway. But the points were too few to do that. So then I just uh, I kind of got like disinterested. Well, that's not even the right word. I just was kind of like uh, sad that that didn't work out. So then I was just like, well, I'll just play my regular list or whatever. But then I realized Manfred could be swapped out pretty easy for my normal Lord. And fill the same role, and then I could have Monfred in the list, so I popped him back in there yeah. when I finally settled on that. And yeah, and I was definitely sure I was going to play that, and then I just made up that extra undead list in case we needed another player. Yep, so we definitely went into the game with a bit of a plan, and then we, we got deployed, everything was set up, We had each team had a captain, we chose for Team Undead, we chose to have the, the player that had been playing, VC, or playing Undead <laughs> the longest... So we chose Brian to be our team captain, and we had at it. Now, if I remember right, who had first turn? They ended up getting it. Yeah, okay. Like, uh, we determined that every each player on the side rolled a dice and then added up the sides, and whoever had, was the highest got to choose to go first. And if it was a tie, it was going to be Nagash surging forward. Yeah, that was it. And it ended up, we had all rolled, and Kenny needed to roll a five or better to score it for his side, and he managed to do that. So, <laughs> so right away, Team Living got a got, got an jump early win, us. early jump. They saw us coming. And they... Nagash is pretty big. They must have saw him. <laughs> apparently, yeah. He, he didn't, Nagash wasn't ducking behind a tree, apparently. So, yeah, everything kind of pushed forward, and uh, cannons fired, and gunshot and <laughs> at the end of round one Nagash took no damage which was the most important thing Nagash not taking any damage when he turned over to us because you know Manfred we don't care about him <laughs> he was safe in his great it, it was it was kind of 
Manfred Manfred talked it up and Manfred's like I've got this and he was kind of so it ended up shaping up where Manfred and his army that he brought to the table kind of were off doing their own kind of thing <laughs> yeah that kind of got split up because you guys yeah kind of clumped together so I, I thought they kind of yeah. added to the fluff of the game though too. I was perfectly fine with that you know it was like Manfred's <laughs> over here kind of doing his own thing go sack some dwarfs and he's like I don't need that guy's support I'm just gonna go do this <laughs> he did know way more spells than a gash I should point that out I think uh, I had like 14 spells because he's lore master of vampires and death. So <laughs> Nagash had his piddly spells, nine right? spells. Well, there's six in the signatures. So uh, Yeah, 13. Yeah, there's six. Yeah, so well, 14. seven. Yep. Yeah, four, 14 okay. total. So I had all the spells cards, so he's clearly better already. <laughs> and he had it under wraps. But yeah, not much happened on my flank. I don't think much happened across the board on their first turn i know the knights so the empire surged forward a little bit and i think the stonehorn and man eaters or something were coming up on your flank over there pressing it and the dwarfs like i said they moved forward just far enough so they were away from their objectives one they were all really spread out like one was in the brew house i was kind of like meh i had deployed on the opposite corner of that more towards the center which i realized i probably shouldn't have done that later in the game and then he had a unit of slayers just kind of out in the open. They ended up kind of posting on this hill. He kind of had one unit for each objective marker, but he didn't even keep them near him, unfortunately. And then he had like a unit of hammers with the character from the White Dwarf in there, that first guy, that new guy who was released. Belagar. Yeah. And that was flanked by an organ gun and a flame cannon. And they were kind of a stage behind a building. And then he had long beards on his kind of flanked towards the center and they all just nudged forward a little bit and i took some fire from the flame cannon i think the organ gun like took out some guard uh some dogs that i had vanguarded or something like that and that sure. was not much happening on first turn so yeah not much never truly really <laughs> happened on our side either basically one of the things that was kind of a a gur for me like, I didn't want to fight the dwarfs on their unbreakable side of the board. And since I knew they were... So I ended up going up against the ogres. And one of the things that was kind of gurf with against the ogres, they move six, and they don't have swift strides, so they can't guarantee they're going to get those long charges. It's definitely advantageous for them to declare long they charges because they get range. extra impact hits yep. and stuff. So I couldn't... Like, you know, most... All my stuff was, like, move six, uh, the night bus, which I was really trying to get be able to get it so it would charge deliver it um and to be able to deliver it on a charge uh was not necessarily very good at getting uh, i had to keep it like i had it was it was a lot of this like don't get too close i think you probably could have survived a charge just fine with the yeah bus, but, but you never I, played i, did, it I never played it so like i didn't that, really so yeah. know i didn't want to just like <laughs> okay well my night bus just got walked just smashed off the table yeah that would suck so <laughs> I took a. I went ahead and took a more conservative approach, and he was happy with just dropping comments on me, and that sucked. Yeah, I didn't realize they could take heavens. I've yeah. never seen an ogre player dropped, do that before, but he, he was doing all right with it. Two big comments that dropped early in the game on me, and I basically, <laughs> I'm healing. I'm trying to heal the night bus back up, trying to heal the other stuff back up, trying to use like the Nehekara move spells to help move things and get mm -hmm. heals off on everything in the bubble, and. The comments just basically smashed the unit down to nothing. Yeah, you have pretty small units in that list you're going, so a comet actually does pretty good damage. 
Yeah. Like usually if you have big rank and file or something, it's like, eh, it's just like six guys or something. But when it's six guys out of your night bus, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty rough. Six guys out of seven out of the night bus. It yep. was like, oh, hey, well, <laughs> there used to those be black knights here. were there, but now it's just vampires standing there by themselves. But, and it was, and it ended up being like turn two or three into it. It ended up just being the two vampires. Yeah. No, no knights still standing there waiting for the charge, <laughs> waiting for their moment. Because I think he got smashed twice. He got smashed once, raised them all back, and then I got get smashed all again. Of them back, but yeah, that was kind <laughs> of the problem. Was just down to your two vamps. It was yeah, between that and the lead belcher fire, it was down to two vamps. Mm-hmm. And he had like two turns, two or three. I think he had three rounds by the end of the game of shooting at that of shooting full on lead belcher shots at my vamp lord and not getting a single wound. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. That's silly. So I guess he's one guy. It must be hard to hit. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, but, Blender or, Blender Lord on a steed is amazing. Apparently, because <laughs> that's what happened kind of in both bar zones. Like, I wish Dustin was here. I was hoping he'd make it to record and give us a good recap of the center. But it, I know on his turn one, he just kind of pushed forward. Yeah, like, it was pretty much pushed <clears throat> forward. So I was kind of watching. He had to gash control and to gash at the start of the game. And one of the things we said is that Nagash would be able to change control player control based on whoever's board section he started the turn in. Mm-hmm. So he took Nagash and was put, put Nagash right there at the edge, right between mine and his deployment, but it was in his deployment to start with. Yep. And he basically moved Nagash into my zone. And then on turn two, I had Nagash. And turn two, Nagash raised some skeletons. Yeah, big um, block of big skeletons. Big block of skeletons, which was useful. Um, and then... Turn three on my side of the board, Nagash was able to finally. I'm like, Nagash was like, I can't. I'm watching armies crumble. Like, the center was just falling apart. Um, Dustin was doing everything he could to stall that night boss. But if he, it was a losing battle. Like, yeah. he was basically bleeding points, be, well, bleeding big points to it. Yeah, I think it was turn two already. The knights, he had gotten lucky, I think, and held with his war sphinx against those knights, taking that charge. But then, yeah, it was gone come turn three already. Yeah. And then that was Demogriffs and that huge block of knights kind of rounding out his flank. So it was yeah. like, oh, crap. <laughs> He's trying <laughs> It was to... looking very bad in it, the center. It there. was looking like, oh, my goodness, this is going to rout. This is going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, it was basically putting you in a position where you're like, okay, well, my primary mission was to go smash dwarfs, but now i got to have to kind of turn and position to threaten the knights. Which then that wasn't the direct cause of no. <laughs> my turning. <laughs> no, but it, it, it but, definitely helped. I yeah, think that... I felt like I was kind of helpless. I had mostly foot sloggers, but maybe with some good von hells, I could get over there to do some help and chop up some chicken knights. But they're still pretty far away. It was like the drawback of that big hole we had in our deployment, and that was that wedge coming in there. And then, uh, so I'm like turn three. I'm looking at it, like I control on the gash, and I'm like. I've, my night bus is gone. I've lost a war sphinx. The other war sphinx is in not a great position. The chariot unit's down like half its models. <laughs> I like my army's been smashed. I've got this unit of skeletons I raised. I've got Nagash and I've got the Blender Lord and his little vamp buddy. Charge the iron guts. Yeah, your Blender Lord decided to get into combat. Blender Lord, <laughs> uh, his, uh, I think he challenged. I don't think I challenged. I think he challenged with his slaughter master. The, I thought, it was just a slaughter master, not yeah. even a tyrant. 
Wow. No, it was just normal Slaughtermaster. <laughs> that was a brave Slaughtermaster. And I'm like, uh, I'll take it with the normal vamp. Oh, wait a minute. Because I had the, the the normal vamp would not be able to swing otherwise. Oh, okay. So I wasn't sure what his Slaughtermaster had. I'm still like, I don't really know how good the Blender Lord on Steed is. And I'm like, uh, uh, I'll find, I'll just F it. I'll just <laughs> take, the, I'll take the challenge with the Blender Lord. It's like, what the heck? What's the worst? Your army doesn't crumble, right? Yeah, my army doesn't crumble, <laughs> and I've gotten a gash in here. I should win this combat. What's the worst? I'll lose the Blender Lord. You'll just have to raise a new one. But Blender Lord went in. <laughs> chop, 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 chop. Slaughtermaster didn't get the swing. Just yeah, I think dead. he got like five wounds. I got five wounds, something. just what I needed it through. <laughs> I found out the Blender Lord, or the Slaughtermaster, if the Slaughtermaster would have had a ward save, though, he would have been Yeah, that's fine. Where you... I, Evan, that was where I found out Evan didn't have a ward save. And we were playing closed list, so I didn't know. Yep. Which I feel is appropriate. <clears throat> Yeah, it seems. I think you should be closed usually for all games, unless you're really, really friendly. <laughs> for some yeah, reason, there's there's arguments both ways. Yeah. And then Nagash went in and he hacked up seven wounds on the Iron Guts. Yeah, he's pretty rough with his D three wound so sword. So yeah, <laughs> if he's hitting an donk, ogre, donk, the ogre's gonna donk. feel. I kind of envisioned like Sauron from the Lord of the Rings movie, just swatting ogres. <laughs> That's <laughs> what much. I wanted to see. I was hoping Nagash would get into combat. It's that D3 wound sword, I think, was going to tear him up. And he did. He didn't get as much damage as I was hoping for, but no. he got he got a good chunk of damage. He did seven he did wounds enough. on the ogres. <laughs> and then the skeletons just kind of took a beating. Um, but it wasn't enough of a beating. But then there, was, there wasn't enough ogres to really direct enough no. damage on the skeletons. They routed... Was it a snake, guys? There... Or- did no, he just roll he back? Broke. He broke. He broke. Uh, I ran him down. I, I did not run that unit down, but they failed to rally and went off the board, I think, uh. on their turn. Then Nagash was able to go, okay, you guys got this now, Blender Lord. <laughs> it's gotta You've go got this. My confidence Dustin's in the Blender butt. Lord went up about a million times. <laughs> and the and Nagash was like, okay, I've got to go support the center. And at that point, Nagash... Waddled over, turn four to the center. <laughs> waddled, kind of hung out, kind of, kind of. He is like, oh, there's this forest here. I'll stand behind this forest and <laughs> overview what's going on. And yeah, it's pretty funny. He, those are trees are really tall. Those are the ones. If you saw our blog that uh, Eric actually modeled up, but Nagash is even taller than those things yet. <laughs> he's, he's like peeking out over the top of this forest. <laughs> what's going on over here? Okay. Raise, 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 raise. Oh, those chicken knights need something to do. 80 zombies over there. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's pretty much what Nagash was doing. He only had that one raise spell, but I saw him in like a support role that when we got in a pinch, he would kind of show up and save the day, and that's pretty much what he did. <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. Throwing zombies and whatever else all over the place. Yeah, he's just kind of filled, you know, in normal Warhammer games where you have like, your your battle lines start to fall apart, and you you need to uh, plug a hole. You know, you need to plug a hole, and you don't have the uh, a unit to fill that hole to plug. Well, Nagash just basically like, okay, unit over there. Like the the, I think the lore of undeath is fine. The ability to raise new units. Yeah, it's because it's a twelve inch capped range. <laughs> He's got 36 <laughs> inches of range to build drop units. And times so, three of the points. Yeah, and times three of the points. So you, you know, <laughs> so he's just insane. It's not like small little units. It's like these massive you know, yeah. units. Like, oh, hey, I just dropped 80 zombies over there. Yeah, massive unit like anywhere on the battlefield almost. It's you just know, crazy. Like, 
And that was like it was really cool to see eighty zombies just all of a sudden like that's the biggest <laughs> unit of zombies I've ever seen on the table in one unit. <laughs> like we were scrambling to try to find models, and we actually had all the models between like the three of us. We, yep, we were able to line. I up. don't even think you used any of mine. I think it was just no, yours mine and Dustin's. Mine and Dustin's. Of, I think a handful of Dustin's had died by that already. Yeah. So I mean, it was a huge bus in the center, a huge bus of zombies in the center, and it was like flanked by both units of Empire Cavalry. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, that was super exciting. Of course, about this time of the game, um, we had probably the, (laughs) the worst thing that could have happened. Um, which I, I don't know if it was, uh, you know, from a game mechanics, I, I, I didn't look at the shot, the cannon shot, nor, you know, at the time, plus at the time, I think we had turned, we had turned the corner, and it was definitely clear that Team Undead was going to win, and are most likely going to win. Um, when this happened, yeah, like you pretty much wrapped the ogres, and then Nagash and, jumped in and kind of put his foot down on the empire. And was like, no, he's like, no, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not, you're not doing that over there. Uh-huh. And then so, but there was a, a the empire in one of their last ditch kind of efforts, and I kind of view this as like this. Oh my goodness! Last ditch, lucky. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try this because I'm. It's, I'm gonna die like next turn, and I'm gonna load this cannon with a lot of powder <laughs> and fire it over there and hope the heck this this shot works. And they one shotted your terror guys on what was kind of a what I understood, and I didn't look at the line of sight. No, uh, of it. You know, it was definitely through units and whatever. Um, but they one shot at the terror guys yeah. with a cannonball. Which I is, got pretty sour about it. Like that was, I had only had my turn two. He had did that on his turn three, and I was like just kind of walking towards the dwarfs. I held my terror guys back because the organ gun and stuff had a pretty good control bubble. I had just jumped him over. He screened off like a gyro. I was still in my deployment zone, <laughs> and then the shot was like. I don't know, I was really irritated with the line of sight of it. Like, my Terrorgeist is actually built kind of low to the ground. He was actually, there was, his cannon was waving his backfield. There was a hill on the table, and then beyond that, there was, like, his Demigriff unit, and then beyond that <laughs> was my Terrorgeist, who's probably just as high as the Demigriffs, how I have him modeled. And, like, I was kind of shooting for that he couldn't see him. Nick was saying he could see, like, this little... He's like, I can see that little bit back part of his wing or something like that. <laughs> and I don't know. I got really sour about, like, the actuality of taking a shot like that with that line of sight. Uh, I, and yeah, I was really sour about it. <laughs> I will, like, it I probably would have been fine if it didn't get taken off. I would have just, you know, flew him away and healed him eventually. But, yeah, then the dice rolled to take him off. Then it was like screw that shot kind of thing you know? yeah it was the the one probably the one thing in the whole game that was and and i feel like i i have kind of this attitude being the sport being trying to be in sportsman and since it didn't happen to my model <laughs> uh that i'm like screw it you know yeah we kind of threw him a bone there and i kind of i didn't want to jump into that discussion at that point and kind of say that because it was pretty clear that it was kind of a souring thing for for you and it didn't it didn't sit well with you from a rules perspective but i think from a gameplay perspective it, it was matter, yeah. throw them a bone because at this point it was pretty clear that the they were going to lose and fortunately somebody had to throw the bone like you know, <laughs> uh, I know it just really sucks because like i would have argued more about it if it was gonna like remove them like 
I still would have been irritated with it if it just like wounded it or whatever, but then it goes and like gets all six wounds on the thing. It's like, well, Christ, and I didn't even do anything the whole game with it. And I turned out to not do anything like the rest of the game. I guess we'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah. I was just really sour about that. Like, I like my rules to represent reality more, and that was just kind of bullcrap to I'm, me. I'm not a fan. I'm, and, I, and I think it's one of the one of the few complaints about 8th Ed Warhammer right it's now. true line is of the, Cannons, I think true line of sight even isn't so much a eh. problem. It can it can have some hokiness because yeah. terrain and and model positioning is never truly accurate um, when you start talking about. It. It's not like your guy That's is true. always posed in this one pose <laughs> moving down yeah. the battlefield, occupying that physical space. Mm-hmm. So I think there should be a, a little. There's got to be some skew there. Some yeah. some rule to help add a little obfuscation into the into what is blocking line of sight. If I was the game designers, I would, you know, that would be a, an area of focus for ninth. But the other thing is cannons in particular and their 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 sniper shotting abilities to take to do that kind of do that kind of thing when there's marginal line of sight and being able to pinpoint accurately, yeah. fire a cannonball and basically over the top of things when this thing does not have a very arcing trajectory. I mean, they have a bit of an arcing trajectory, but not like a... It's it, not a howitzer or the, artillery or anything. Well, like the, the difference between like, a cannon, and it's a pretty level shot yeah. that you, you, know, you would be representing, versus a grudge thrower or a stone thrower, yeah. where it's a much more arcing shot. Like, if that would have been a... I think I think the difference there is if that would have been like uh, if uh, a dwarven stone thrower and Kenny would have been making that shot... Uh-huh. You'd be like, oh, okay, you can kind of see it. That's an arcing shot, and it probably, I think, it probably would have sat with you better. Yeah, definitely. Than, I mean, just from the just from the realism of the of the game, like, okay, that thing is an arcing shot. I yeah, mean, stone throwers would be, you know, they'd fire over the top of can of 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 castle walls and stuff, right? You know, cannons would never fire over the top of a castle wall. No, cannons yeah. would fire through the castle wall. <laughs> I know that's um, what really sat with me. I saw it as a straight shot and. It just shoot it more or less shot through his demigriffs for all intents and purposes and through a hill but apparently demigriffs are really well trained that as soon as they hear <laughs> the cannonball fire they dive out to the side and make a hole in their unit for the cannonball to go through i don't know apparently i don't know what it is it it didn't it was it was one of the things that we wanted i, I don't want to dwell on it too much because we definitely it was definitely a sorry i already did that enough game. yeah um, in the end, it didn't really factor into the game, but it was something we, you know, it definitely came, it definitely was brought up, and it's definitely something that, going in hindsight, I don't know that Nick will ever do that to you again, because it was definitely one of those things that you definitely <laughs> could tell from a, from, it was definitely something that kind of wrecked your experience in the game. Well, I don't know, I always get, it just seemed very unsporting to me, I guess, it's, and it really sours me, and it's not the first time something's like that's happened to me, and it's just like, I don't know. It's and, really frustrating. And there's probably a good rules argument that, that something like that probably shouldn't. That there should be something to fix the, the line of sight mechanic. Yeah. And in a cannon mechanic. I think if the cannons were only doing D3 wounds, that would be a big factor too. Yeah. I, th- um, I don't know. I was thinking my preferred thing was that a cannon just can't shoot over something. Like so, it has to target the first thing like that ball is going to come to or whatever. But whatever. <laughs> well, we'll leave that for hopefully a game designer to figure out. And if you've got some ideas or thoughts about cannons you want to share them with us, send that into hosts at whiskodice.com. <laughs> uh, so going into the the mid late game of this <clears throat> of this game, we we basically not to get into all the super details, 
But on my side of the board, it really turned into, okay, now that the Iron Guts are routed uh, and the Ogres, he's got an Ogre unit. I can't remember how I killed that, but I killed the Ogre unit too. Basically just turned ended up being the rest of my game was just mopping up Ogres and then claiming objective points. <laughs> Worked out pretty well. It was kind of silly at the end. He still had his BSB left for like a wound or something like that. And I couldn't quite get him with a casket. Mm -hmm. uh, he passed his leadership check and didn't take damage. <laughs> yeah, there uh, was a big weird push and he managed to claim that he, one point. He, yeah, he managed to claim <laughs> yeah. the one objective the point. End. So even at the end, even though even though Evan's game was so super smashed, I give so much credit to, to Evan, like, he was smashed. One of the worst things in in a mega battle design like this, and we'll, we can talk about the the bonuses and the uh, the the things that maybe we would have changed rules wise or mechanics wise. But one of the bad things that comes into a mega battle like this, where you're basically okay, you're locked into a game that's four, five, six hours long. Yep. And you're stuck having to wait for your opponents to complete their or even your own team phase. stuff yeah you're or your fate <laughs> on your phase you're stuck waiting for like somebody okay this guy's got a bunch of shooting he's got to do so i gotta wait for his shooting to do before i can do my combats and now i got a bunch of combat so now he's sitting there waiting for me to complete stuff so it makes for a much longer game and a much longer day mm -hmm. uh but evan was such a great sport because after like turn three he basically had so little left on the table he was kind of that he that was basically point, yeah. yeah he was just basically there along for i'm gonna watch and check out what's going on the rest of the table yeah he was and the he one still, who came from the farthest yeah <laughs> we're all from madison and he drove up from iowa yeah. to play in this game and like three turns into it you know two two and two uh shortly before or after lunch he's like he, his day was done mm -hmm. uh, and had to sit around for the rest of the game and but he's he still hung on like that he still hung on he still played through it and still found a way and I'm kind of glad at the end of the game that he found a way to get an objective point and I wasn't able to snipe that out from him as much as I wanted <laughs> it at the time yeah. uh, it was kind of un it was kind of I, I wouldn't say I was mad or irritated but it was just kind of one of those things it was just like oh, it just got a little bit under the skin like oh he got that from me <laughs> ah how did that happen? And I almost felt like, you know, I'm playing this game and I kept talking about the story of this game. Like that would be one of those things that I remember reading in the, the, the Gash book. You'd have, there were all of these moments where the un, the undead basically, no matter where they go, if you're on Team Nagash in the Nagash book, wherever you go, you're going to go smash. <laughs> you're going to raise ridiculous piles of undead and you're going to go smash the opponent. But... The living always end up somehow just having this little thing that they do that puts a serious thorn in your side, you know, <laughs> uh, whatever that might be. And in this case, the this one was the living, just this little thorn that got stuck in my finger, and it, <laughs> and it was that BSB claiming that objective point. The one um, guy left on the field did so. <laughs> I think in the center, the Empire had done a good enough job of basically pressing forward and i don't think we gave up i think they gave up any objective points in the center nope and then this game came down to really if kenny would have done nothing and just sat on his deployment zone sat in his deployment zone it would have handily been to it would have <laughs> been the, the living guys yeah the living would have i don't know if it would have been handling because we were like three or four objective points over the top of them but it oh, would really have, i didn't think it was that it much. was like three i thought we only beat him by like one i think we beat him by like three objectives oh 
So it would have been like a close to a tie or a, a minor loss mm-hmm. at the end if we would have if if Kenny would have just sat there and did nothing and just sat on his objective points yeah. because Manfred decided uh, kind of mid to late of the game to throw a purple sun, wasn't it? Eh, it was my turn three, I think. <laughs> I think I did that. Because, yeah, like, I had my two, like like I said, on the top. Uh, it was their turn, turn three, and my terror guys got cannoned off. I was kind of, like, irritated about that. I'm like, Ugh, well, now <laughs> the Empire's going to get the full brunt of my army, too. So I started marching them that way. The dwarfs were, like, I mean, they couldn't catch me if I was walking away from them. They weren't going to get me, so... <laughs> And like you were saying at the beginning, Kenny had kind of cornered himself in the with those buildings a little bit. Like two of his units were on completely the other side of the table; they were away from their objectives. It's like I'm never going to get through them. I'm not going to claim them. He's not claiming them either. So I'm out of here. I'm going to go <laughs> press the center to avenge my terrorgeist bullcrap shot. <laughs> so, <laughs> like with the buildings the way they were, I was able to. I had a kind of a <laughs> Kenny regretted doing it later, but I had in my first turn or second turn i had raised a a little unit of zombies it got shot at with the uh gyrocopter and kenny's turn two or three or something like that but there was like two of them left and i ended up charging one of the gyros with it and he let it go through but then in my phase i raised like 20 more zombies there (laughs) so (laughs) it was like tar pitted there and then it must have been his turn three he decided to charge it with his um long beards but how the gyro was, like, I kind of favored it to the one side so my graveguard could get through by him if I wanted to. But then it ended up working out. His charge was like a clip. It only had, like, one zombie in contact. So <laughs> there was, like, his whole longbeard unit was fighting with the gyrocopter on the, just the corner of the zombie unit. And Oof. I had raised so many there, they were stuck for, like, three rounds of combat <laughs> trying to whittle through them with all of four longbeards being able to attack. So Oof, that kind of held up his whole line that was a just a i kind of plugged the gap there and then nagash was headed straight well not nagash but monfred headed straight towards the center <laughs> with my grave guard and i kind of sent the skeletons that way and my coach came and i was von hell well kenny i think threw me a bone after my terror guys dying and let me get my von hell's bubble off so i had a double eight inch move going that way <laughs> i was right at the edge of his zone and then the demigriffs were kind of right there and I decided to throw the purple sun in my turn three because it was lined up like pretty good. I don't think Nick saw it coming or that's just where he ended up. But the demigriffs were there. And then right beyond that was his night bus. And then they were locked in combat with some zombies. So I, I had a really good line for it, but I ended up getting irresistible. I think I rolled like four dice or something. I got it like irresistible. I wasn't too concerned with it. But apparently it's not very good against Demigriff Knights. Like all of them survived. There was a character in that unit too. He survived. I killed one knight out of like the five or so it went the vortex wow, went Wow, he through. must have rolled really well because then yeah. knights you should have you should have got 50% <laughs> of the knights that you went through. Well, it didn't and, hit all of them. Well, only, even though like five knights it, you should have got two or three. Yeah. And a Demigriff's I think think or initiative three or four they were four i four, think or maybe. something but yeah he rolled really good i only hit three of the demigriffs and then that character they were yeah they all survived <laughs> and then it traveled through the few nights like it only got one of those and then it hit the zombies which dustin didn't seem too pleased about <laughs> but it's more power I dice think, i think i only got five dice well five zombies or something from it or so and then i only got like two dice back but then the irresistible i ended up putting the uh large template over my grave guard for a cascade or whatever i took out like 
all but like four of my grave guard out of like the almost 30 i had <laughs> and then uh ended up like getting rid of all my dice and monfred luckily didn't get sucked into the warp but my big unit of grave guard that was there ready to charge the demigriffs at night with great weapons they would have tore them up but I ended up with like four guys standing there. <laughs> it was like crap. It didn't, it didn't yeah. help. So, so I didn't kill any of them. I killed. That was my big achievement in the battle was killing that many of my grave guard. That was the most damage I did. <laughs> <laughs> I killed a gyrocopter earlier, and then yeah. that was my final. My final stroke was sacking all my grave guard. <laughs> so what we figured out at the end of the game was that Manfred just thinks he's really awesome in his head <laughs> there's really really wasn't know. that awesome no i think yeah i think there was some bad luck there with that with that but uh yeah it could have been worse i mean he could have got sucked into the war <laughs> i guess if you put it yeah. that way and then you could have just crumbled off the rest of your army yeah the rest of my army pretty much got destroyed anyway so <laughs> but that kind of wrapped up my game i think over on that side uh i had kind of my ghouls had charged the slayers and being i didn't have any raises over there they ended up getting ground out there was like five slayers left or something after they took out all my ghouls so without raises i couldn't quite best them and then the dwarves finally left the brew house behind and chewed up my zombies over there and i didn't have any raises and then i had to sack my skeletons into the long beards to uh get manfred's like flank move he was doing in so <laughs> and they ended up all getting chopped up too so I didn't really do a whole lot. <laughs> like, I think that was a big folly of mine in that big game was how I kind of played it. I think I was going for the team effort in my deployment at the beginning. I thought I better deploy towards the center, but I was the last to deploy, so I saw all of Kenny's setup first. I think if I would have pressed that side with the brew house, the completely opposite flank that I did, I would have had all my army on like two of his units, and his other guys never would have got there to help. I could have claimed at least two objective markers and would have stayed out of range of stupid cannons, <laughs> or out of out of sight, out of mind of stupid cannons. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's really how I should have played it, looking back on it, and then I would have done some damage and kind of claimed something for my side. But I ended up doing a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> so, so that was kind of unfortunate. So yeah, you know, I. I you know, honestly, uh, I think there was a whole lot of... I think from uh, the Team Undead, as much as we planned and plotted, if it wasn't for Nagash really coming in and bailing us out in the right spots yep. at the right times at the end of the game, in, you know, in the right... In, yeah, he in saved turns, that center. Turns three and four and five, we would have we would have went down in a ball of flame. But we did, we did have a time limit. We had to be, like, done with the game by five o'clock, and we were... We knocked this thing out by four thirty. We started. We played all the. Turns, we started at ten. You know, I was there a little bit before, about nine thirty. Got the table was all set up. People were able to start coming in the doors. We probably were starting to deploy at like ten, ten fifteen. It took forever to deploy. It probably took us an hour to finish deployment. Yeah, there was a lot of sorting out of who was going to deploy and whatnot. Like I said, team living didn't really coordinate beforehand too much so yeah <laughs> we were waiting on them nick ended up being late because he was coming from downtown through the badger game crowd so <laughs> he was a little later getting there but we got i think we were rolling dice like by eleven thirty for sure i think it was shortly after 11 so so that was yeah. a pretty quick start you know from the from a gameplay perspective and we did break for lunch like after turn two or three i think mm -hmm. after we smashed i think it was, must have been after turn three maybe because I, I think it was we, just turn two because maybe I'm, yeah it was before before we had smashed evan's empire yeah and my terror guys was still on the table evan's ogres, yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah it was uh 
you know, everybody's kind of on a kind of a happy place when we went yeah. for break for lunch. <laughs> like when Team Undead like was kind of like the storm. Team Undead was like, ah, oh, I think we're gonna lose this. I think yeah. we're gonna lose this. And <laughs> Team Living was like, yeah, we're kicking rear. From a time perspective, the game went really well. What changes or thoughts do you have about a mega battle styled like this? You've played in a lot of mega battles that are yeah, I've played quite a few styled like this. I mean, there's I, I've run two different styles mm-hmm. of mega battles where there's multiple players involved. Mm-hmm. That's not using like triumph and treachery, like that's using proper like you know teams in the mega battle. And so we did the. If you compared this, we've talked about the. The Battle for Carrick Eight Peaks that I did at uh, Gamehole Con last uh-huh. year, that I I put the rules pack together for, and you played uh, pretty much all day in that. Yep. And then you've played in uh, this one, which is much more of a more traditional, traditional styled yeah. Mega Battle. Is there one style that you prefer? Ugh. Um. I don't know. I guess the big difference was really like the turn sequence like in carrot eight peaks you were more or less sequenced with the person across from you and then in the the regular style like we did the undead versus the world it was all synced up where your side and then the other side i think the game mechanics have to be played like side versus side like that i know in the other battle it was just kind of frustrating like some people would get like two turns through and more or less move twice before you even got to move yet and I didn't like that timing of it, I guess. I like that it was playing faster, and you were kind of a little more active just playing with your opponent. But I, if you're tying in the battles side by side, I think it really has to be um, side A and then side B playing just to keep the mechanics working properly. So that was probably the big difference between them. Otherwise, it kind of worked how I expected. I think I have a bad attention span for playing like a six hour game where there's a lot of waiting around in it or whatever too and usually there's some point where i'm kind of like sick of it and it's like not going fast enough for me yeah and i I think that kind of fell in both like either style of playing but i think i would prefer the traditional one it's just the mechanic seems to work more ideally as far as i'm concerned for that and that's kind of interesting. I'm trying to trying to lay out the next. We already as, as soon as we were starting this game, and as soon as even halfway through and near the end of this game, we're talking about okay, let's get the next one going because this was a <laughs> lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun. I really did enjoy the game. I I knew I was going to have downtime, and yep. I play a lot of board games where there's a lot of downtime between turns, and it was still like really cool just to kind of sit there in downtime in downtime and sit there i was since i was across with across from evan and i know evan pretty well and i don't get to see him very often i'm like sitting there just you know chatting and oh hey is it our turn to do stuff okay let's go do stuff that was really cool and i i enjoyed that component of it and it probably was a little easier to enjoy because things went really went well for me on my side so i mean that (laughs) always you know helps uh from a from a personal experience but I mean, I've played in mega battles. Like I remember the my one of my favorite mega battles <laughs> of all time. We ended up matched up against each other yeah. in the in the it was a the if you go back, if folks remember the old Storm of Chaos stuff where long time ago, uh, <laughs> before the Warhammer World went back in time and started decided to redo this, there was Archaon. He had the Storm of Chaos campaign, and Archaon came down with the North, and he had his blah blah blah. So we had uh, Archaon's force versus yeah, the defenders of the old world. Versus, yeah, destruction versus yeah. Uh, order. And we had uh, like Archaon and a 
the Warriors of Chaos Army. We had Bellator. everybody had a special character. Yeah, yeah. Everybody list. had a special character unless that was one of the things we themed off of uh, the thing. And then we had uh, Traitor. We played Traitor, so each team <laughs> would have a Traitor, and so Team uh, Order. The, I ended up being our traitor, and it, me and Brian had just sma- or smashed each other off the table. Actually, Brian had smashed me pretty much off the table. Yeah, you had and played I, What's-His-Face-On-The-Throne or whatever, and I kind of sacked his unit yeah. pretty well, quick. I tried to... It was His unit was like all I had left, and I'm trying to back it off and like not give it up. I think you might have knew you were a traitor at that I, point. Yeah, I did. I was deterred before, I, but I wasn't allowed to tell you. Yeah. And so I'm backing it off like wink, wink, and you just <laughs> kept just smashed. You did, I, you did whatever to it, and it was, and they failed the panic check, or fan, I think it was a fail the panic check, ran through one of your units, and back then it was like run through one of your units, and if you did, well, you're fleeing. You yeah, take something it off. like that. They got wiped. So it was kind of this image of <laughs> secretly, it wasn't that the the High King Thorgrim was was the traitor. It was the fact that Chaos Dwarf infiltrators had joined his <laughs> unit, picked him up, and ran him <laughs> and ran him off for, for a ransom <laughs> something or like something. That. Is how we kind of filled that story. And then and then it was like mid battle uh, Archaeon revealed that he was a traitor and then went and that bashed, the, sense. <laughs> bashed the crap out of Bellacor. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty comical. That was that was a fun time too in a mega battle. But like for most of that game, it was like okay, well, I basically have no army left on the table, so I will do nothing. And it was it definitely yeah for three hours of watching a game play and not being able to do anything at all is mm-hmm. yeah that that takes a special level of patience <laughs> and character, you know, yeah. um, to be able to get through that experience without too much frustration and i think i think in this game there was a couple of players yourself and and uh, evan that had uh, a bit of that experience and i don't know how to fix that no i think it was just how it played out i mean and like he's i you kind of mentioned it earlier i mean if you get smashed early it's like normally your game of warhammer would be done really quick after that but I mean, the rest of the battle's still going on. There's not really anything you can do. You don't have anything left. You're just kind of hanging out, <laughs> yeah, waiting like, for the end. I've got my like five or six guys, and I'm going to sit here and try to keep them alive. I wonder, I was just thinking, like, it would be kind of lame in a sense, but I wonder if you could put like a route check or something in there after you're down to like 25% of your force or something like that, just to see if they all get taken off the table. That'd kind of be bad for your whole side, I guess, but at least it would kind of take you out of the battle. I don't know if you'd rather be still stuck in there and not being able to do anything, or if you'd rather just be wrapped up with it and kind of hanging out at that point. You could leave or you could check out what's going on in your side more or something like that. I don't know if that would be something people would like or not. You could even do. Uh, that's actually an interesting concept. I might try to do something like that in the next mega battle, where it'd be like a route check, and then mm-hmm. once you once you have routed, uh, you your whatever force was remaining that you routed with, plus any core you started with at the beginning of the game, you could bring back on the table in in your deployment zone or in a, in a support hmm. role later in the game on like a 4 plus or something like that if you wanted to continue playing and if you didn't want to continue playing then you were done it kind of sucks for maybe the guy that you were across from but at the same time it definitely helps that situation which, yeah which is a tough one to be in i could see coming back on being a little bit 
much in some cases, or maybe you just eked it out, maybe your force just got destroyed, and then, like, the scraps of the other armies kind of left there trying to, like, if you were, the scraps of your army were left trying to claim the objectives in this scenario, those were all in their deployment zone, and then, like, another, like, half an army shows up, and, like, some armies that are, have a lot of good core and stuff like that, that could be pretty rough to have them all just show back up full strength again and kind of clean up whatever's left of you. It's true. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I don't want to necessarily have, like, like you know, have it so that they're completely removed from it though completely removed from the game because you you do have a game that's like a long Mm -hmm. game i want them to be able to participate somehow so Mm -hmm. maybe i'll have to do some i'll have to do some thinking about this put some real thought into it but it's definitely an idea that it seemed to spark like because Mordheim uses route checks and so it would make real sense to kind of copy really easy that system of a route check and then have some way that you could still participate in the game besides just being kind of an advisor if you wanted to. And if you decided you wanted to, like, okay, well, I'm just done for the day. I want to head out. You could still do that, too. Yeah. Like, I guess, I mean, we kind of had that same scenario where you could, uh, in the Carrick 8-piece thing, where if you decided you could just pick up your army and, like, redeploy them the next turn or whatever. And that could i felt like that was kind of rough in some spots <laughs> like we only had uh trevor with his beastmen flopping all over the place but it kind of sucked where you felt like you had your battle under wraps then like the whole army shows up to like charge your flank or whatever and it's like well crap <laughs> it's like there goes my whole battle i, I had going but i, I think don't know. i think that was <clears throat> i thought that was really cool though at the same time because it was this like just a rolling Way, battle. Rolling, this huge rolling battle. It was everything. It was just always constant wave crazy action. And if you got like, if you got in a bad spot, you're like, okay, well, I give up. Yeah. Start over. And it, as wave again. Now, I think the, the one problem with it is that then it made all of this long day of Warhammer. It made kind of silly because we didn't have any tracking objectives throughout the day. All of this Warhammer that was played all day long didn't matter until that last the frantic last hour bit. yeah that's true so we, we could have played just an hour worth of warhammer and would have been pretty much the same, <laughs> the same thing. and one of the things the other thing that i thought we walked away from that game was versus uh the games that i've played like this uh was that that game people I, nobody was really upset there or had or had frustration the they were always doing stuff mm-hmm. it was always constantly stuff was going they were able to play just as much Warhammer as they could fill, maybe a little bit more Warhammer than they could fill for. <laughs> and it was just constant, constant stuff going on. And so that's something else I wanted to bring back and do another one of those type of sure. mega battles. Cause that was only the first time I've done it. And there were a lot of things I learned. Like we got to have like rolling objectives through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and that kind of thing. We mentioned like a penalty for your side. If you do like have to redeploy your force or whatever. Like yeah. I think we talked about some kind of negative for that. <laughs> so yeah. you couldn't just bail out whenever you wanted. Yeah, that too. Like, something... Now I'm over here for the third time or something, you know. No. No. <laughs> oh hey, no, we need a, we need support over here, so I'll bail out and yeah, and whatever. No, yeah, some kind of negative thing too as well. That would be mm-hmm. kind of to help mitigate that or or mitigate the fact that now you're bringing your army on and the person didn't have even a chance to react. I don't, we had them like march onto the board edge for that or something, didn't we? I think they did I march onto the board. It'd be kind of cool if you had a more of like a random come on the board or something for like, each unit. That'd be kind of neat. Like they're ambushers. all kind of marching here, you know? Yeah, like ambushers or something like was, that. that. So it's the... not like everybody just kind of shows up. It's like, well, these guys are on their way here. And it's like, who got here f- first kind of thing, you know? Yeah. That'd be kind of cool trick to that. 
I think one other thing, I don't think it's, I think way long ago, maybe, maybe you did it in a mega battle, but like the last many I've played have always been like, you get this zone, the other, the person next to you gets this zone kind of thing. Yeah. And I know it's always been talked about like intermingling your forces here and there. I think it's happened in at least one battle I did a long time ago, but that gets really complicated where you're like one person, you're trying to like manage the whole table kind of thing because your units are all over the place. And that gets kind of tricky because it just takes a lot more coordination with each side to get every little bit done across the table and you're waiting for this person or that person a lot more. So I like the idea of them mixed in a little more, but it just doesn't play out very well. I, I think the... we've <laughs> Yeah, I've done several way back and we haven't done one yeah, recently. It was maybe a it's long worth time ago. Maybe it's worth doing. I think it adds a couple hours on top of the t- play least, time yeah. to do that because you have one deployment becomes so much more of a draw. It'll take us an hour and a half, two hours to deploy. Yeah. And you got to plan a little more where all your units are going to kind of fit together yeah. and whatnot. And then you have uh, then you have uh not only do you have this planning kind of taking taking things and slowing things down but you have oh crud i've got to fire like my i gotta shoot my three weapons down here my three units down here oh yeah yeah yeah. i'll get down there and get that cannon and he's like no no i need you to fire that cannon down there before i shoot my other stuff like okay well no i gotta go stop wait i gotta go down here and take care (laughs) of that so that he can start doing stuff down there with his stuff so i can come back Mm -hmm. down here and then finish resolving this stuff and so it does make all the phases uh, take longer. Yeah, they already take long enough. I mean, that just kind of comes to mind because that plays into a, like a cooler battle as far as the battlefield's concerned. But yeah, it just takes so much longer. Like two versus two is usually a pretty fun game when you have like you know your team together with another army and they're kind of all mixed up and whatnot. But it just doesn't scale well when you get to three is probably even a little rough, and then four or five that's going to be a, quite a mess. And like an army like mine, I can't really split it up with VC. You pretty much have to deploy near your casters and stuff like that. They're not too self-sufficient anywhere. You really yeah, need that definitely. magic coverage, and that's tied to your characters. So you got to keep them all together. So. <laughs> so let's go ahead then. I think we've we've wrapped uh, Mega Battle coverage pretty well. Let's go ahead and talk contest because yep. everybody's excited to hear about contests, right? Yeah, we mentioned it last time in case you missed it. So yeah, we did we did talk about it last time, um, and uh, one of the things I think we forgot to mention on the show uh, was when the contest is going to be complete. So when we're yep. going to draw. So <laughs> uh, we're going ahead and giving away a copy of the, uh, copy of the spell deck for Lore of Undeath, the actual mm-hmm. spell cards. We're going to give away some Wisco dice, and all you've got to do is go ahead and check out our blog, check out our website at wiscodice.com. Wiscodice.com wiscodice.com <laughs> and look at the blogs give us some feedback about the blog posts we're putting up the articles we put up there and shoot us an email not an article about a podcast episode being released but an actual one of some of the articles maybe you really liked uh, Project Conde Santa Slay maybe you really <laughs> liked uh, painting maybe you really wish there was an article out there that told us how to paint ye- that told you how to paint yellows maybe you really wish there was some some articles out there for new player tactica mm-hmm. uh those kind of things uh with more photo coverage because there's only there's certainly limitations to what an audio podcast can bring and so we've recognized that we're trying to bring more of that information to the for, to our blog and make that more accessible for more of our listeners 
go ahead, check out our website. Send us an email at hosts at wiscodice.com. That review, and as long as it's a legitimate review of something from our website, we will that will get you an entry into our contest for a draw for a chance to be drawn to win either some cool, awesome, guaranteed that somebody's going to win a game, Wisco dice, <laughs> and a copy, and then somebody will also give a chance at the grand prize, which is a copy of the Lore of Undeath cards, which last time I looked was still going for twenty five, like, thirty yeah, bucks 30 on bucks. eBay, so cash definitely definitely you know, worst case scenario you be able to offer some good cash which could be like most of a regiment box or something yeah <laughs> we all like free stuff so make sure you're make sure you try to get, get your hands on uh get your get a review in get that to us and we're gonna do that drawing on halloween Okay, uh, what do we we talk about today? We talked a lot about the Nagash Mega Game and all of the craziness and silliness that happened in that. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about Mega Battles in general. Yep, tied Ta- in with that. Talked a lot about Mega Battles, and we talked uh, a little bit about Screw City GT, yep. what we've been doing hobby wise, uh, or lack of hobby, or trying to get stuff oh. done. And uh, <laughs> it's been a it's been a good day. I think it's been a good show. It's been a show. Early morning. Yeah, early morning. It's all so, for you, listeners. Exactly. It's what we do <laughs> for you. All right. So how do you contact the show or hosts? Uh, we mentioned our email earlier, hosts at wiscodice.com. Yep. And you can go ahead and check out our website at wiscodice.com. Wiscodice.com. Yep. That was wiscodice.com, just in case you missed it. And from there, you can go over and check out our sister site, the Wisconsin Warhammer Fantasy Battles League, the oldest and longest run Warhammer Games Club in the state of Wisconsin at www.hfb.com. That's where there's a great forum where you can go ahead and register and post and share your thoughts with the hosts and the great community here in Wisconsin. Find a game if you're in Wisconsin. Yeah, or find a game. You can also go ahead and catch us out on various social media, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. We're on all of those. Just find uh, find us. You can go ahead and follow uh, follow the show on Twitter at Wisco Dice, and you can follow me myself directly at Dugan Brightax. And then Brian's just not cool enough to do the Twitter Psh. thing, so you'll have to catch him on Facebook. <laughs> you doing the Google Plus thing much at all? Or no? I'm on there, but I don't really do anything with it. I look at what you post, but I haven't like. So, plus to anybody. So I don't you, know how it works. I'm not so, there, you, so you could follow Brian on Google Plus, I guess, but he's probably not going to post a lot there. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> if uh, I post anything, it's on Facebook and usually tied to the Wisco Dice site. Yep. So. so go ahead. Thanks for listening, folks. We really appreciate it. We appreciate uh, the time. And make sure if you're checking us out anywhere, you leave us a review. Give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. That's it. Yeah, yes, it is. It's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, what they didn't know was I was secretly imbuing the gash with power, cause that is my skill. <laughs> yes, I am the master. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> wow, I thought that guy, guy would have slept in or something. I, I was hoping so, but apparently he didn't sleep in. Keep trying to avoid him, changing yeah. our casting times and such. But apparently, it's not working for us very well. <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for listening. Smell you later. Peace out. <laughs>